Hello. <laughs> I'm Tony. And I'm Natalie. And, and we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers. Yes! <laughs> we did it. That's two today. Check us out. No, didn't you forget our name in the last one? Yeah, but the first one we got right. <laughs> I was going to call us Lazy Lovers last time. <laughs> we're the Lazy <laughs> Lovers. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a reason we're single, but I'm not, am I, sir? Let's move on. You're also knocked up, so... I am with child. <laughs> Don't need to be athletic, though. <laughs> I just had to lay there. Um, go to episode 30 for more details. <laughs> I was just a hole. <laughs> no, I can assure you, I was drunk that night. There was athleticism involved. <laughs> She'd read a book, she wanted to practice some things. No, I came back drunk from the Christmas party. That's how we knew exactly how far gone we were. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you drunk that night? Hmm? Why had you drunk? Two bottles of red wine. Okay. And I hadn't drunk for about four months beforehand. (laughs) You've never really been a big drinker. Anyway, not since you moved to Malta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not since I got with Nick because yeah. he doesn't drink, so I just kind of didn't drink as much anymore. Yeah, you'd think when I moved to Malta, party island, yeah. I would have <laughs> drunk as much as I used to, mm. but I preferred to stay in and play board games. <laughs> I still have that picture of us. You know when we danced with a bollard. You know that night. Yeah, <laughs> that came oh, up in my memories recently, times. but I don't know why I didn't send it to you. Oh, you used to have so much fun. Mm-hmm. And now we still do. Yeah, just different fun. It's just tea and coffee fun. Oh, that's so weird. Mm. But what, what what was that? Because we had the Facebook memory come up of the anniversary of the first time we hung out, just us two. Did that come beginning. up? Yeah, I think I texted it to you. Maybe. But I, I can't, can't remember, remember how many years it was. No. Or Oh, it was like... Yeah. I was still in uni, so it would have well, been... I've been with Nick for six years, so it would have been... Mm. No, because I, our friend. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been with my partner. <laughs> nice. I mean, we've given up hiding yeah. his name. But my my friend worked at Fujitsu then. Such interlocked for a locksmith called Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and look up Natalie Topliff if you want some um, freelance services. Like you've just forgot to plug your own business. I haven't done this for a while. Yeah. I have an Etsy shop that I've been putting energy into. Yeah. Come buy bookish stickers and bookish merch. Yeah, which we have. She has merch. Come see. Uh, it's Tally's Library. Mm. Just click the link in our in our card. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's done. <laughs> <laughs> been a while. Yeah, my friend who started working at Fujitsu. That was in the second year I was at uni, I think. Mm-hmm. So it would have been about. 2013, 2014 ish. And what year are we now? 2022. 2020 plus so we've nearly two. been yeah. friend 10 years. Once we hit 10 years, that means you're stuck for me with me. I for think life. it's seven years. Is it seven years or 10 years? I think it's seven years. Yeah, seven years. Oh, well, seven you, years, you're yeah. officially stuck with me, apparently. Yeah. Well, we have a podcast now. <laughs> yeah. That feels, pretty, um, forever. that feels pretty involved. <laughs> yeah. That's basically like having a child because we have built this child from the ground up. <laughs> Yeah, we have an about me on the website. The website, lazybooklovespodcast.wordpress.com. 
Look at us. We didn't do this for we like several not. episodes. Yeah, now. you've had a few weeks off from this, so here um, we go. Yeah. On the website, there's an About Us page, and there's mm. both of us there. We're hosts. Yeah. It's on my LinkedIn as well. I know. It's so funny. Do we make it? a. We should probably make a LinkedIn business page. I was thinking that because we're really so we can we list want it to link properly to it as a job. Yeah, we'll do that. Cool. We might do that at some point. We'll that's that. coming then. <laughs> <laughs> so today, we're going to do a author spotlight episode. Yes. It's our first time doing one of these. Hopefully it goes well because we're yeah. going to do more. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I don't know. Who would we do next? What do we do? Well, we've got we've got a serious spotlight coming up, which is Skullduggery as a series. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait. We've got to wait until I've caught up. Yeah. And I think I've put it in the diary for after the last book comes out so yeah. we can do a full. Well, obviously, I'll buy the first book and the last book and read it mm-hmm. and then be, we're there waiting and staring at you till you get there. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll be able to borrow those ones. We'll have to do like a... Well, actually, I'll probably will purchase all the audios mm. as long as they're on the credit. So, you, and obviously you have access to that. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. I've mm. got up to book 13 already on audio. I need to get the next one. We should definitely, although we have discussed her before, we should definitely mm. do like a Lee Bardugo. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us any authors you would like yeah. us to discuss in detail. Also we'll authors maybe outside of our world yeah, of fantasy books. And then we can just do research and prep uh, yeah <laughs> and we can do about some neither of us have read and just talk about it yeah because um, our world is a little well my world of books is very narrow we should definitely do Garthnix and the <gasps> Old Kingdom yes and oh Cassandra Clare maybe not mm. I've seen a lot of things on TikTok about her lately that have maybe put me off for a bit what things she said or we'll discuss this later yeah <laughs> yeah um, so we're doing Terry Pratchett today, <laughs> um, who is a an English icon, an English icon, a like one of the godfathers of fantasy, essentially fantasy as we know it. Mm. Big deal, published like fifty over fifty books in his lifetime. Very cool guy. He's so chill, isn't he? <sighs> oh, um, yeah, and he just if mm. you love writing as well, the things he has to say, like if you read any of his stuff, his stuff on writing as well as like a passion it's just oh it's such a nice way of talking about it yeah that i'm like i just love, I just love it and he was like oh, it's just so cool yeah. the hat as well like the classic He's terry pratchett so cool, hat yeah. he not long passed away or it feels not long it's no it's five it's more than five years i was at uni when he passed away because oh, i remember um where was i was where was years gone i know we're old because i was at uni and i cried about it and no one at my uni house understood why. Uh, <laughs> or it might. It's around that area because you remember I read all his books mm. that were out at that time in my first year of uni and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh. So and for him. me, we stand Terry Pratchett. Yes, and in my household, Terry Pratchett is like a staple household book. As in, my dad has the classic books with the old covers from the eighties. Mm. There's a whole bunch of them in the loft. Keep trying to get my parents to get bookshelves for our living room because they have like loads of books. Yeah, and, and they're all in the loft, the all crowned. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, you keep you keep forgetting to remind me. But then my dad is a bit mm, a bit particular mm. with lending stuff. So if you had it for too long, it would have to be when you were planning to read Maybe them. Maybe I should then come take and read them. them here. You could take them home. I just if you had them for months, I have to like. He would mention or, it like, a lot. Years, like I do with people. Yeah, books. <laughs> he would mention it a lot. Yeah. So like when you've got a space to read them, just I take them and read them. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've got and there are all the original covers from the eighties mm. and stuff. We had Terry Patchett audiobooks when I was younger, like tapes. 
which might show my age a bit, and then CDs. <laughs> so I've not read much of this world. I've seen any BBC or Sky One adaptation mm. of them. I read the Diggers series when I was younger. Oh, that's with his kid series of books. I actually never yeah, read so them. So I've read like his kid books. Yeah. And I've read maybe two or three of the Discworld, but watched any mm. adaptations that have been made. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the adaptations actually do a really good job because I think a lot of... He stipulated quite heavily about how much he was involved in mm. those as well. Yeah, they're done so well. And, like, the his estate is also very careful, like, because his daughter runs it now. I was going to say his daughter runs it, and she is a babe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, didn't he name her after a, a game character? Yeah. Um... um no, you think of Robin Williams. His daughter's called Zelda. Oh, I'm sure he named her after something. Maybe though. I can't remember a game or something is. fantasy. I can't remember now. She's um, probably got a cool name. Yeah, it's probably one of those super cool names that my other half would not let me name <laughs> our kids. <laughs> we are in the picking names oh, section again, and yeah. you may or may not remember this, but with our first child, we only agreed on two boys' names and two girls' names. I don't, yeah, I don't remember the name picking. No. Yeah, so now we've agreed on potentially oh. two girls' names. Okay. Not 100% agreed, okay. but they're not hated. <laughs> no idea in boys' names. I was like, there's a comedian that did, like, you don't realise how many people you hate until you come to name oh, a child. Oh, we yeah, like, we've gone through names and we're both like, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> and he thinks all my names are too wishy-washy and... All of the names I wanted were really fun names, like Willow. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking yeah. Willow. <laughs> or like, Forest. Or... <laughs> that's why I like with Sims. I give, I make hippie families and give them like ridiculous names my, like River and Bark. My and... kids would all have amazingly original names if Nick wasn't their father. I like your son's name. Though. Yeah, it is cute. There are a lot of kids around with his of this particular era with this his name though. Mm. It got quite. It had a bit of a vogue for a while, didn't yeah. it? Same as Noah. The other option when we had him was um, Lucas, which was actually top choice for a while, and then it got overtaken by the, the mm. name he has. Mm. But we like his... I can't imagine it. It must be so hard to name a... We like his middle name, mm. so that might be a potential for a first name for a second, yeah. if, if it's a boy. <laughs> like, I've never even had to name a pet, because we've always rescued our pets, and they come with their names, yeah, and like, mum doesn't our, believe in changing their our names. Our pets came with names. Yeah. And when we went to the vet, so like, you can change it, you know, and I was like, why? Yeah. That's the names. <laughs> yeah, mum doesn't believe in changing their names. Um, well, we did, we... Because Bella was actually Beba. Beba. We, so we did change it to Bella, but it's not yeah. a huge change. No. And because we had decided that, the rescue centre started calling her Bella before she even came over to us. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah. So when she was new, I used to interchange Beba and Bella so she would feel, like, comfortable. Evil were fine, yeah. yeah. Especially if she, I needed to get her attention quickly, I would do her original one. She's called Rihanna Pat- Pratchett. Ah, why did I think she was named after something then? Maybe you're thinking... Oh, we did really compute. I did this again. Oh, no. Yeah, so I've never had to name a pet, even. And I can't imagine... Although I did have hamsters that I named, but I gave them silly names. Um, ham, cheese and pickle. Ah! <laughs> and I... I wanted to get more and name them after bread brands, but ham, cheese and pickle didn't like hanging out with each other, so I wasn't allowed to get more. No. I used to name my pets after Final Fantasy characters. <laughs> so I had a Riku, yeah. which I loved, and a Lightning. Riku anyway, was such a cool name. Cherry Pratchett. Cherry Pratchett. <laughs> we were like, uh, we're not going to tangent this time. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. 
Let's talk about Terry Pratchett. Okay, cool. So he's a babe. If if we didn't make that clear enough. Yeah, this is another person we stand. So I've got there's a really good Terry Pratchett website to be honest, and this is all of my information is basically coming from this I website. I love that website because it also shows you the different reading orders. You so can that's do. you're thinking of Discworld Emporium. Oh, is that there? Is, they have that on that web. No, so Discworld Emporium has all about the Discworld ah, and the reading yeah, yeah, order, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's a TerryPratchettBooks.com, ah, yeah. which is like the official site for him. Terry Pratchett was born in 1948 and had his first story published when he was just 13. Okay, just a little bit behind. Yeah. After leaving school at 17 to become a journalist, he continued writing, publishing his first novel, The Carpet People, in 1971, and going on to produce the phenomenally successful Discworld series. Mm-hmm. Terry proved early critics wrong and became one of the UK's most successful authors, receiving knighthood in 2009, seeing many of his books adapted for the screen. He died in March 2015 after a long struggle with Alzheimer's disease. So it has kind of... Yeah, it was ages ago. That's depressing. Yeah, so I would have been at uni, so I'm remembering the timeline correctly. Yeah. Because I had a, a tutor at uni who mm, was a bit snobby about Terry Pratchett. Mm, of course. And I I was just like, well, where's your 50 published books, mate? Like, Come shut back up. When you've got loads of published books. Yeah. You're teaching kids how to, what, teaching adults how to write, but where's your published books? Yeah. What, what authority do you have on this? Yeah. And then they could be quite snobby about yeah, this whole argument of literature produced for the masses. And he, like, compared Terry Pratchett to Twilight in the same kind of produced for the masses Amazing. breath. And I was like, are you kidding me? Amazing. And, like, Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff. He put it in the same box as produced for the masses. They're completely different target audiences Mm-mm. and completely different birds. And, like, I'm sorry... Twilight didn't father a bloody genre. Like, oh, exactly. Well, sparkly vampires, if you want to call that a genre. <laughs> I mean, it gave, yeah. it gave vampire fiction its day. But vampires comes and go in vogue um, anyway and always has. I think it maybe like, created the vampire romance that we know yeah. today. But still. Yeah. He's no, no Terry Pratchett. No. So, yeah. But oh, I love... If you can hear kitty purrs, that's a kitty. That is Sybil, who... You, you might think, oh, why isn't she shut out of the room you record again? Because she my... She came for strokes, obviously. Well, my delightful parents gave me a door that folds and slides, and the cat can... You have room for, like, an open door. No, I don't, which is fair. But the cat can open it, and if she's not able to open it, she makes such a racket trying to open it, she has ripped up my carpet outside my room, trying to get into me... <laughs> She just came for strokes from me. She does. Let's not. Let's yeah, not, she does let's love not you. Make to be fair, me and her are buddies. Did I tell you she's trapped me in this room once before? Yeah, yeah. She pulled up the carpet and it no, got in the way of the door, and I wasn't able to get out. So that's why we're gonna have to deal with the kitty purrs. Just enjoy. And just what? enjoy. That sounds nice. Yeah. Nice little background noise. Yes. <laughs> On topic. <laughs> so I was. There is like a whole full timeline of his life, but. A lot of it's not book related. It's to do with like when he finished, like uni, when he got married, when he had his daughter, nineteen seventy six. So she's not, she's younger than I thought she'd be. Mm. Um, well, there was some discussion for a while whether she'd carry on writing Discworld books. Oh, is she an author? Well, there was just sort of she helped. Obviously, where his Alzheimer's got worse, she helped she write the involved. last few. Okay, yeah. 
Um, so there was some kind of debate whether she would carry them on, but I, obviously she hasn't. She did help with the posthumous publishing of like Shepherd's Crown because yeah. that was finished before he died and then published post. post, post uh, I said it properly just now. Posthumously? Yeah, I think so. Posthumously. But I'm always like posthumously. <laughs> yeah. Has he always worked with the same illustrator? It looks like it, because you can get even right now to the modern books. Although yeah, they've just... I went to a... Um, they had an art exhibition yeah. of the author you got in, me that in book, the you? place I live. Yeah. In their little, me... in their little li- uh, museum. Yeah, you, had it. you got me that thing. And then my dad... Yeah, the archive. Or... My dad has um, a huge A3 book. I've shown you it once, mm. with, which has the artwork in it. But they've just they've re- released a new a new look ah. for the books, and I'm not a fan. Updating it. Yeah, um, I like the cloth bound ones though. That you most of them were bought by you. For yeah. me. you need to when you're ready for more. Let me know and tell me which ones you mm-hmm. don't have. <laughs> I don't have many to be honest. No, but I can't remember what what you had. I'm taking a picture of that shelf in a while for um, Instagram. <laughs> so equal rights, which is like one of the ones that really is a considered quintessential mm. Discworld. That came out in 1986. Mm, I wasn't even born, and yeah. I'm old. <laughs> I didn't realize how late he got his like OBE and his knighthood and stuff yeah, as that's well. Crazy. I thought that happened earlier. Mm. So he was knighted in 2009. Oh, um, look at the Queen being all jolly knighting him. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how funny he would have found that as well, like because he's really mischievous would and he, cheeky. It would be hilarious. It'd be so awkward. So she's you. He's. I mean, he writes about royalty and how like and society and stuff as well in his book so i feel Um, like he was a big inspiration for the edgeworld chronicles you know my favorite yeah yeah i will do a deep dive on them at some point even though tony's never read them yeah because of the alzheimer's he was a big big advocate for assisted suicide and gave a lot of talks on that it should be a thing yes dying with dignity and religion stuff religion has no place in these discussions also when you hear people say end of life care and given end of life medicine they're essentially overdosing them with morphine yeah so it's already a common practice in UK medicine so anyway are you going to get done or what sounds mind when you decide that you yeah. want to do it have you ever seen Bye, he, he gave a, a talk on it but it's at that point he was couldn't do the talk so it was presented by Tony Robinson oh, no. and it's really interesting it's sad oh. too and it's like unofficially known that's basically what he did because he he was quoted in interview saying the day I can't write is the day I leave this world well, so, he spent his entire life writing. Yeah, but his first published because he was he was able to write by dict- dictation, mm-hmm. and a, you know, he had all these things to help him. So he did basically he did write those last few books with with an assistant and with his daughter. But he he just said the day I can't write is the day I go. So anyway, very sad. More power to him. So that's it's kind of unofficially assumed, assumed so basically. Happened, yeah. yeah, but I mean he had. Alzheimer's for like 10 years before this happened crazy, isn't it? yeah such a crazy disease mm. I can't imagine with a mind like that how frustrating that must have been I think and like, how hard for his family Alzheimer's I feel like always affects intelligent people mm. first I don't know if that's true or not but I feel like it does it feels yeah so 
that's kind of an overview of him. And then we've got Discworld. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had like a perfect order planned, um, but my little my notes didn't come through. So Discworld is like his most well known series, really, yes. isn't it? And How it many has it got? Is it forty eight? It's forty one. Forty one, according to this. Hmm. Discworld is oh, they. The website done it for me. I was about to describe it, but the website described it for me. Because there are 41 books, and there's different mini-series within the books, and there's lots of arguments about what order you can read them, because um, a lot of... You'll have a mini-series involving a particular set of characters that crosses over to the timeline of another. So this is all about where to start. So the Discworld is a fictional setting of Terry Pratchett's most iconic series. All the Discworld novels take place in a flat circular world which sits on the back of four elephants Mm -hmm. which stand on the back of a giant star turtle. Although this world may look and sound completely different to our own, the Discworld novels explore a multitude of very human issues, which is what I love about them. Below you'll find all 41 Discworld novels in the order they were published. Yeah, so I was going to read them all. Do you remember like last year? Yeah, that was your ambition. I read two. I mean, it's 41, 41 books. Like, that's a, it's a mission. I read um, Colour of Magic and Light Fantastic. Oh, they're good books. Yeah. I love Rinse I read Rinch. them in, like, the j- in January because I was going to try and do two a month. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And then that was it. <laughs> that's all I read. <laughs> I don't know how I read them all in one year. Mm. Like, obviously, I'd read a few over my childhood because they've just always been in my house. Yeah. So I didn't read all 41. But, uh, yeah, in my first year of uni, I made it my mission to read all of them. I think if I had them physically, I would read them because I would, mm. like, want to annotate them because I'm really into annotating nowadays. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, one, I really want to get a Discworld tattoo. Mm. I found some really cool ones on Pinterest. He is another one that we stand mm-hmm. that I think you're safe to get. Yeah. I just have never body. been able to pick... Mm. And I've been able to one. find one, yeah. And yeah. the thing is, to do it properly, it would need to be of a certain size, and I don't want to know if I want it that big. So, like, I have it in my Pinterest. Yeah. One day, maybe. So you can read them like chronologically, or yes. you can read them in a series of the characters. Yeah. So I so I've got to read things. them chronologically. I was going to read them by series. So I was reading the mm. Rincewind one, which yeah. I read those two, which happened to be the first and second he came out with. Yeah, so they, this this <clears> says <throat> you can read them in any order. The website says like there's no set order. You can no. dip in and out. And I think they all work as standalone books, yeah. even if they are part of they a series. Just, um, you'll just get more out of the them mini-series. if you know the characters story leading up to it. But there's no storylines that drag from book to book. No. They are complete on their own, like mm complete things which is also what I like about them you don't get that often with big series no he's done anymore. so well yeah everything's about like mm. reading it all in order and blah, 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 blah. so I'll get into the order stuff lately and lately in a bit but like the whole when it talks about human issues this is the argument I have with my tutor at uni because it does like equal rights does do like human rights and they do things like they do things like gender and queer relationships um but in the context of a fantasy setting. Yeah. So we're doing, like, gender, but it's, like, dwarves. Yeah. It correlates so well to our world, like, obviously. Like, equal it's... rights is about human rights, but that's done using um, golems who don't have... They're in slave race, kind of, but not because they're created that way. But they can be freed, and once they learn that they can be freed... They, they want to be freed. That they can, yeah. They want to be freed, and more like there's a there's a main character in those books who's just like, well, now we know they they can be free and autonomous. It's unconscionable that we don't. Mm-hmm. 
so oh, that reminds it, me of something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's and it, it it does to do with class, but again in a fantasy setting. I don't know that. What's the one where they soul music is the birth of rock and roll, but yeah. it's wizards. Ah. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and like all the books with death deal with really big human subjects, like justice, like huge human concepts, like imagination, all that kind of stuff. Like these, what makes humans human? Basically, he picks that apart, but in like a fun fantasy setting where death is like likes kittens and. Death is a brilliant character. Periodically gets tired of being death and decides to be a dishwasher in a pub. And <laughs> as you do, I love like I only read those two, but the commentary on Taurus mm. with uh, Two Flower, Two Flower, yeah, like the whole thing of um, a poet will write a poem about a beautiful flower on the ground. A writer will write a soliloquy to those like things, blah, 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 and then Two Flower would step on that flower on the way to take a picture of something else. Yeah, and that is literally <laughs> if you've done any kind of tourism, that is what happens. Is these people in these beautiful locations going click, 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 and moving on. Yeah, and I'm like, this was this is two thousand years old. Can we just like appreciate it? <laughs> They're literally in life and death situations, and Two Flowers just trying to take photos of things. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen people take like. Try and take selfies. Well, you with... see those people that like hang off edges of things, yeah. and some of them die. No, just, just trying to get a bloody photo. So we went to Pompeii, and you can see like the frozen bodies, like encased in ash. And I, the 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 terror on their faces, and they're just well, people in... taking pictures of them. They're I'm just really it's so weird. Right they're just in like in the place they were found. So like at least they didn't disturb the bodies. I don't think they could move them to be fair. No, but it's just probably fall so apart. So it's just someone in like frozen in ash in a glass case that's just on the floor yeah. and you're all kind of just walking around it but you can like I mean you can't really see features but you can just see the absolute terror mm. there's like people there's one of a woman shielding her baby no, and like you can see like them they're just that. frozen in ash and I was like I actually found it really it really affected me and then there was someone taking a bloody selfie yeah, no. and I was like this is this is someone's grave like no, no, that's, no, I was like no, we were no. taking selfies with graves well we, we, I, I wasn't but, but then I genuinely couldn't get the people with me to understand why I found that so problematic. Yeah. Like, no one got got it. Well, what are you going to do? Upload them to Facebook? What is wrong like, with you? Like, just taking pictures of them. Oh, like... no. Okay. Terry Pratchett. So, yes. so that's it. That's a good <laughs> Again, too, he's, he's really good at doing observational stuff, mm. but, like, in the context of silly supernatural stuff. Yeah. And it's good for, like, younger people to read because it helps them explore these issues. Yeah. But like honestly, when they when they get soul music, where they discover rock and roll, the police, <laughs> the, yeah, not the police, the wizards, they start like, they, it, like the music like it seems to like take them over, and they start wearing black and wearing leather jackets, and they like <laughs> were like putting like taking time to like decorate their leather jackets and stuff, and turn their room yeah. black and like paint their nails, and then it's like the one wizard it's not affecting, who's like trying to like he's like you can't stay in your room all day and just like paint your room black, and he's like. <laughs> He's basically going, you're not my real dad, but in, like, wizard words. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Like, brilliant. you don't get it. me. <laughs> that is fantastic. And that's, like, yeah. Um, and then the Tiffany aching. Like, Tiffany's all about, because these are the witches and the power of women. Mm. That's essentially what it is. Like, women's work being undervalued. They're, like, powerful witches and how different it is and how they have to use their power differently compared to the wizards who just use magic for any odd reason and, like, 
their magic is equivalent of a punch to the face. Yeah. And then witch's magic is quite subtle. You really should read the witch's series. That uh, feels like it's based on something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's to do with... So, like, in one of the Tiffany books, there's a thing that... It's not really a thing these days, but it might be if you're from a more country, more rural areas, it's a thing. It's called the rough music. So it's... Instead of involving the law, if you find... Like, if someone's... You kind of like everyone's home is their own home, and you didn't back then. There was like the rule of like stay out of it. But then if it went too far, the rough music is, would start, which is like everyone in the village would get together with like pots and pans and rakes and stuff, and just basically chase this man who was abusing his family out yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah. So there's like a thing, and in it, like she ends up having to protect a man who basically. His daughter, he's very young. She's had a boyfriend very young. They get pregnant together and he views it as like a shame on his honour and basically beats her until she loses his the child. Honor. Yeah. Yeah, he like beats her until she loses the child and the rough music starts and Tiffany's faced with the choice of having to save this man's life even though she doesn't feel like he deserves yeah. it and stuff like that. Mm. And then, like, that so cool. Tiffany does a lot of those that gender politics. But again, with witches. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. And like... Obviously, you've got then you've got the Natmac Fiegel, who are a matriarchal society as, mm. as well, and I love the Natmac Fiegel. Like you, yeah. If you're gonna read any of them, the witches books, especially Tiffany Aching yeah. series. Anyway, so I just want to talk a bit I generally think, about. Like, I didn't have them all available on the library, yeah. but I'm gonna look them up now and see what's available. Whilst you talk, I'm gonna quickly Google it. What if, if you can't find them there? We definitely have the paper versions in this house oh. between us all. Okay, so that's also probably an option. <laughs> yeah especially the tiffany books i know we have them because my dad really likes them yeah which is that's cool for not a particularly feminist man <laughs> i know that's why i was like oh, okay. i don't know if the subtext gets yeah maybe maybe, maybe he's not reading into it yeah. <laughs> sorry dad if you ever listen to this but um <laughs> and there are uh, well standalones i'll quickly rattle off some of his other books but i really only care about <laughs> um so obviously he helped write he co-wrote good omens with neil gaiman I can say, having read a few other Neil Gaiman books, any bits where it makes sense was Terry Pratchett. Only bits it's batshit crazy. That was Neil Gaiman. Because um, read, have you read any of his stuff? I've only read one book. He's on my list to read more. I mean, Norse I read, mythology, um, the one you're borrowing, you're taking house, from me. The house at the end of the lane, I think. It was That's called. not as batshit. And Nancy that was like Boys, one of his first, I think. And Nancy Boys and American Gods. Like, for, I can read convoluted, like complicated literature. Mm. Oh my god, I really struggled. He on mushrooms. <laughs> that that's. Just a joke. Yeah. Don't <laughs> show us. <laughs> I don't think he basically acknowledged that, especially stuff he wrote in the 80s. <laughs> anyway, Dodger, Nation, The Carpet People, The Dark Side of the Sun, Strata, they're all um, standalones of his. And then he has a whole series of books for younger readers. Um, so, yeah, there's lots more Terry Pratchett to read. Like, over 50 novels, think total, he published in his lifetime. Which... Still pretty impressive. It's like, crazy. The period in which he was writing for how many books he produced, not that long. No, yeah. So, according to this, there is four different ways you can read them. Chronologically, so reading the books in order of publication, but unfortunately Terry Pratchett does not follow the timeline in order of publication. No. Um, he, jumps he jumps about all over the wants. place pretty much yeah. whenever he feels like. But you can kind of see, they. the argument here is you can see the the structure of like how Terry's writing style changes, his voice develops, like yeah. how the world develops book by book. 
because obviously he's still building the world and like adding his ideas to it bit by bit but that's not to say it's like a a a stripped back world at the beginning it's very rich from the first very rich so this this kind of says like basically he wrote the color of magic in 1983 and obviously at that point he didn't expect to have a 40 book series based on this world yeah so he just added to it as needed yeah Yeah. but just a very clever writer so one book stand basically they have a list of books where you could just they work as standalones mm-hmm. within the series if you didn't want to read all of them. So this might be one for you to like dip your toe in. Yeah. Thematically, so according to the different mini series I mentioned, they're kind of themed by characters. Yeah. That is the way I read them, and I quite. Loved That's the way that. I would be inclined to read them. Yes. To be honest, yeah. It, yeah, because the timeline kind of pieces together in your head as you go. Yeah. So. And then one? younger readers. So there's a list of books for maybe within. The Discworld series that aren't as serious uh, topics. So appropriate it's a bit more fun. Yeah, okay. And then companion books, so books that would work in tandem with each other. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, so is that all listed on the website? Yes, discworldemporium.com. But mm. right, so this is the chronological order. I'm just going to rattle through all the titles. I'll be quick. <laughs> Are we ready? So if we can do this without stumbling over my words at Let's all. Go. Okay. The Colour of Magic, The Light Fantastic, Equal Rights, Mort, Sorcery, Weird Sisters, Pyramids, Guards, Guards, Faust Eric. Really funny. Yeah. Uh, moving Pictures, Reaper Man, Witches Abroad, Small Gods, Lords and Ladies, Men at Arms, Soul Music, Interesting Times, Masquerade, Feet of Clay, Hogfather, Jingo, Last Continent, Carpe Jugulum, The Fifth Elephant, The Truth, Thief of Time, The Last Hero, The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents, Nightwatch, The We We Free Men, Monstrous Regiment, A Hatful of Sky, Going Postal, Thud, Wintersmith, Making Money, Unseen Academicals, I Shall Wear Midnight, Snuff, Raising Steam, The Shepherd's Crown. Nice, well done. And I, yeah, I genuinely have read all of them except the last couple, but a lot of the last ones that came out were in the Tiffany Aching series. So I Shall Wear Midnight... Um, it's actually on my Audible, if you wanted it. Oh, I've got I've got all the Tiffany Akings except <laughs> the last one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, Shepherd's Crown, because I love the Tiffany Aking books. Tiffany's a great character. <laughs> I like the name as well. Well, she has this whole bit in it where she was like, there's no heroine in a story called Tiffany who's got brown hair and brown eyes and isn't pretty. And I'm like, I don't know. But you are. <laughs> I like, well, I like how Terry Pratchett was like, I see that yeah. as well. And then they, they come across characters during it that are like main character energy and Tiffany's just like, of course. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then she like really wants to hate them and then she can't. But she can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's if you were to read them by a publication order. And then these are the groups, kind of. I'm not going to list the books under the groups, but so you've got the City Watch, which are those kind of guards, guards, kind of ones I went to, the Night Watch great series that has Commander Vimes that's when there's a lot of the human rights kind of stuff explored mm-hmm. it's all under that umbrella and there's a, like a popular quote to do with that that's been making it the rounds now to do with like Terry Pratchett explaining what it is why it's expensive to be poor in like the most simple sentence that anyone's ever achieved mm. and which is like Commander Vimes boot theory yeah yeah. so he's like basically rich people can afford to spend a lot on a very nice pair of boots and then they never buy them again but he was buying thin boots that he had to buy every month because he had to walk in them a lot as well so it's like there's a lot of that stuff like whenever whenever well off people like 
Maybe you just stop buying a coffee or avocado on toast mm. or just saved up. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not it. It's things like if that. If you just made your coffee at home, okay, but how much does a coffee machine cost? How you know, much do jeans cost? If I could afford, afford to buy nicer jeans, I wouldn't have to buy the same £25 pair every three months. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of It's very thing. short-sighted. Yeah. Um, fast fashion. So we've got the witches slash Tiffany Aching. So there's your weird sisters. You would also enjoy the witches very much. And that's all to do with, again, that's women's power. And then it's like, they dip into fairies for a bit there as well. Oh. So, yeah, get into all that. And, like, the old myths. Mm. So, like, the three salt of the shoulder, how that's related to yeah, fairies. And, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, the Death series. Love Death. Mm, which is just Death. Um, badass. Moist von Lipwig, which, which is, like, making money, going postal, raising steam. They're kind of very weird. They could work in isolation. Mm. Like, some of your favourite characters appear in it, but not they're not main. Yeah. Uh, Rince Wynn slash The Wizards. And then you got the Tiffany Aching and the Knack McFeagles. So um, there's a lot yeah. of crossover between the witches' bits and the... Because Tiffany. Like, the later witches' yeah. books. Tiffany comes in. Okay. And, yeah, the Knack McFeagles. I love them. <laughs> so that's how they're kind of grouped by themes, basically. Um... And then they've got at the bottom, like, this list isn't exhaustive. Do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Okay, so to finish us off, we're kind of, without me, like, rambling too long about an author, (gasps) maybe none of you have read. (laughs) But you should pick up one. Yes! Um, I just have some of my favourite Terry Pratchett quotes. I used one on my Instagram Um, not long ago, actually, which I really loved. I think I did it. So I've got a blog post that I called Terry Pratchett Quotes Because I Can. Um, I liked this one. The first draft is just you telling yourself the story. Mm-hmm. I, I um, love that one. I used to have that framed. I'm not sure I've got it anymore. Because it was one of my home home done ones. No, I don't oh, have I it anymore. That. I can see. So I'm just going to... I made a blog with just my favourite ones. And I'll just rattle them off too. So uh, if you don't turn your life into a story, you just become a part of someone else's story. So, like, the things he has to say about writing, just, they're so beautiful. They're so inspirational, aren't they? I am. Um, I wish I'd saved it. He had, he appeared on a, a podcast or a radio show where he kind of talked about writing, and I found it really inspirational while I was at uni, and I was find, finding it quite hard to get through uni, mm. and it really kind of got me through, but I never saved it anywhere. That's amazing. And I don't know what it was, so if anyone remembers... So I really like this quote. Humans need fantasy to be human, to be the place where the falling angel meets the rising ape. Oh. I think that's too beautiful. Like, yeah, why, why we need nice. fantasy. Why do we like books so much? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they need that to be human. And that's all, and like the, that's a quote from one of the death books. Um, what well, to do with one of the death books. I like that. And this is a quote from Terry Pratchett in one of his books on writing and stuff like that. Um, so you want fantasy, here's one. There's a species that lives on a planet a few miles above molten rock and a few miles below a vacuum that sucked the air right out of them. They live in a brief ge- geological period between ice ages when giant asteroids have temporarily stopped smacking into the surface. Mm-hmm. As far as they can tell, there's nowhere in the universe where they could stay alive for 10 seconds. And what do they call their fragile little slice of space and time? They call it real life. In a universe where it's known that whole galaxies can explode, they think there's things like natural justice and destiny. Some of them even believe in democracy. I'm a fantasy writer, and even I find all of that a bit hard to believe. I like, so, that. like yeah, that's quite a long one. Um, 
And this is from one of the Tiffany Aching series. Basically, she's about to battle the big bad of that series. And Tiffany, okay, so she says, she shivered and pulled the cloak around her. This I choose to do, she croaked. Her breath leaving little clouds in the air. She cleared her throat again and started again. This I choose to do. If there's a price, this I choose to pay. If it is my death, then I choose to die. Where this takes me, there I choose to go. And I choose, this I choose to do. It wasn't a spell, but yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Why'd you go away so you could come back? So you come back to the place you came from with new eyes and extra colours, and if people there see you differently too. Coming back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. Um, mm. And this is it, this one, um, which I quite like. So no one is finally dead until the ripples they cause in the world die away, until the clock he wound up winds down, until the wine she made has finished its ferment, until the crop they planted is har- harvested. The span of someone's life is only the core of their existence. It's very cute. All right. Deep and de- uh, digging deep here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next one I've got is a totally different show. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> if cats look like frogs, we'd realise what nasty, cruel little bastards they are. Still, style, that's what people remember. <laughs> I like that. I love frogs, though. <laughs> There's the other one. I don't think I've got it hit with the other quote by him. As, um, in ancient Egypt, cats were worshipped as gods. Cats have not forgotten this. <laughs> yeah, no, they have not. <laughs> and this is uh, from the Vimes series, one of the Vime ones. Sin, young man, is the when you start to treat people like things, including yourself, that is what sin is. Someone's like, not more com- it's more complicated than that. No, it isn't. When people say things are a lot more complicated than that, they means they're getting worried that they won't like the truth. People as things, that's where it starts. But, yeah, it starts with people's thinking of people as things. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got a lot of my ones are long ones. Um... Oh, that one's just about how, like, the the book's about more than just, like, fantasy, silly mm. fantasy. But it was someone saying, like, I started a silly fantasy series and then I was, like, treated to a thing about human rights. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, this one's another one I like. Sorry, I know this is really <laughs> it's going on quite long. The universe is instant by instant recreated anew there is in truth no past only a memory of the past blink your eyes and the world you see next did not exist when you closed them therefore the only appropriate state of the mind is surprise the only appropriate state of the heart is joy the sky you see now you have seen never seen before the moment is the perfect moment is now be glad of it and then there's the other one was like some humans would do anything to see if it's possible to do it if you put a large switch in some cave somewhere with a sign on it saying end of the world switch please do not touch the paint would even have time to dry <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true um, oh, no, no, i've got your one, one first draft <clears throat> and then there's a whole there's that's the death quotes there about mm. um like humans like need to bre- believe in small lives like the hogfather to believe the big lives like justice peace like yeah. that kind of stuff what's live like oh. oh this is very long uh, getting education was a bit like a communicable sexual disease it made you unsuitable for a lot of jobs and then you had the urge to pass it on <laughs> oh I like that <laughs> uh, the trouble with an open mind of course is that people will come along and insist on trying to put things in it oh. <laughs> that's um, true and then this is this is soul music so this is the like the 
the Beth Rock and Roll yeah. one. Um, it was sad music, but it waved its sadness like a battle flag. It said the universe had done all it could, but you were still alive. Mm, I love that. So yeah, I won't keep going on, but there's like <laughs> there's a lot there. <laughs> I like them, but that's not. This isn't even the extent of the good ones you can find. Yeah. And then there's this last one by Tiffany, and this is the one I'll leave it on. Okay. This is a Tiffany one. All witches are selfish, the Queen had said, but Tiffany's third thought said, then turn selfishness into a weapon, make all things yours, make other lives and dreams and hopes yours, protect them, save them, bring them into the sheepfold, walk the gale for them, keep away the wolf, my dreams, my brother, my family, my land, my world, how dare you try and take these things, because they are mine, I have a duty. Mm, I like that one. Yeah. So it's like protecting people but be selfish yeah be selfish with your <laughs> anyway so yeah oh. there's another there's oh, hundreds no. of terry pratchett quotes that you could get out there and like this is why i've never been able to get a tattoo of it because there's just too many we'll link tony's blog post in the episode description yeah because this is kind of the, my favorite on ones there. on pinterest yeah. that i've compiled I this like blog it. post doesn't do very well because it's just like a whole Pictures. bunch of terry pratchett memes basically yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Mm. So, so pick him up if you haven't already. There'll be at least one to pique your interest, I'm sure. I mean, he was, like, there's lots of stuff about him to do with, like, he was heavily involved in human rights. Mm. He's a good guy. Really big on, like, uh, animal protection. Like, just, oh. We stand an animal protector. You know, like, the, in the Wizards one, the librarians and orangutan. Mm. Um well, that's basically because he met an orangutan as part of some charity work. And thought it was cool. But there's this bit where they, just when Terry Pratchett starts to get sick, he decides he wants to go back to the jungle to see the orangutan they released mm-hmm. one more time before he, like, obviously is too poorly yeah. to do it. Um, and they're out there for weeks and they can't find him. And Aww. then they were, like, literally at the point where they were going to have to turn back and then they finally find him. Aww. And there's all this kind of stuff. That's so cute, babe. Uh, and my brother insisted that I had to inform of this fact, um, and I don't really remember it, even though he told me repeatedly yesterday, that when... <laughs> well, he should have written it down. <laughs> Sir, Sir Terry Pratchett was knighted, he forged his own sword, and he forged it out of, like, meteorite or something. That's cool. I might just remember that, but basically... That cool. He forged his own sword and then asked to be knighted with it. Because <laughs> he's such a badass. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, hopefully, yeah. I've convinced you to pick up some Terry Pratchett. Yes. Join us next week for potentially indie offers. I can't remember. Indie offers are in the schedule, but it depends if we get enough submitted. Yes, yeah, submit we some, find enough. Submit some for us. So yeah, if you know any indie publishers, that we, or someone who's got a funny TikTok that you're like, these might be fun to read. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Right. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.